coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. One, two, switch. How did we get here? It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, joined as always by my co-host Mark Mitchell. Mark, how are you? I'm doing great. How You're, are you? I'm uh, I'm also doing well. I mean, we just ate pizza. We just ate pizza. So how bad could we be doing? Le- and let me recommend. I know this podcast comes out in the morning, like first thing, but you should eat some pizza. Yeah, why not? Like right now, live your life, love your life, eat pizza too short life's too short just eat pizza <laughs> life's too short not to eat pizza. unless a doctor has recommended you not eat pizza in which case we do not endorse going we don't right we don't endorse going against your doctor's recommendation that's right my uh father has been recommended by his doctor that's not how that sentence should be constructed my father's doctor has recommended that he not eat ice cream anymore oh but good news for him pizza's still allowed pizza's not ice cream <laughs> that's correct that can be the end of my story about that weather report it's you know you know i do i'm gonna i'm gonna complain about it a little bit okay lay it on me even though it's pleasant oh gosh today was what like 75 degrees outside and sunny cold at night Uh, so even if you dress in layers too hot during the day what am i gonna do tie a hoodie around my waist or like leave it in your car you could leave it in your car. I actually walk a lot of places in LA. I feel like I'm one of the few. Like every a lot of what I need to do is just ride around That's my true. house. You are very well located to go to a bunch of cool stuff without getting into a car. So I so I generally walk a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And so Work keeping up a, a jacket bit of a sweat. Keeping a jacket in my mm-hmm. car not as convenient. Right, because you'd have to walk back to your car. <laughs> That's a problem. Yeah. Um Yeah, good. Good, good, good. Uh, so y- you're you're bothered about having to dress in layers? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's basically what it comes okay. down to. <laughs> um, good, good. Uh, I have no complaints about the weather. Oh well, good for you. Thank you, Mark. What have you been playing? Oh man, I finally finished Star Tropics. Oh, you did? I did. I finished it. Yes. Wow. Yeah. The end I neglected of the- other duties in my life <laughs> so I could finish it. And talk about it. The end of that game is hard. It's very hard. There's like a, a weird difficulty spike in the last chapter. I found it really difficult. Even I was even using a guide. Um, and I feel like it's the same sort of thing. I mean, it happens a lot of times in games, but I feel like in retro games, it happens a lot. I remember when I was younger and trying to beat Castlevania, where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I get to the end and I know what I'm supposed to do. But accomplishing that is sometimes very difficult. Yeah, I think that is especially true of Star F- Tropics, not Star Fox, <laughs> in in that last chapter where the aliens come down. Yeah, because um, some of those like dungeons are very difficult. Um, I think I settled on they're called caves. Okay, sure. Even though I don't know if they're all actually caves, a lot of them are. A though. lot of them are caves. Overwhelmingly, they are. There's caves. a lot of caves involved. Um, it's kind of sometimes overwhelming. Uh, tell me, uh, first of all, did, did you enjoy your experience? Yeah, I did overall. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the further I got into it, I was 
I mean, I wasn't disappointed by the game by any means, but when we first started, I was super into it. Yeah. And I think by the end, I was a little less into it, but only because of like that difficulty spike you were yeah. talking about. Um, and part of that is just because I'm old and I don't have as much time to like dedicate to games. Yeah. So when it comes to that sort of like difficulty, sometimes it's frustrating for me because it's like, come on, I just want to finish this so I can talk about it on my podcast, <laughs> right? Like at that point, it's not even about enjoyment. It's just like, I just got to finish. Like, it's not work, but I'm it's on pretty assignment. close. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, what, uh, what were your favorite chapters in, in the game? For me, it really was the, uh, I like the ghost town mm -hmm. a lot. I think the last time we talked about it, I was there. Right, in, in, the, uh, in, in chapter three. Yeah, yeah. chapter three. Um, it's weird that that's the only island that's like that, right? Where there are a bunch of different towns and a, like five or six caves. And... Yeah, but that was, for me, that was like the most fun part of it. Yeah. Was how different it was mm -hmm. from the rest of the game. But I also really enjoyed, uh, and like, yeah, like the later chapters are good. But again, some of it was just my mentality of like, get through it, get through it, get right. through it. At the beginning of the game, I was enjoying myself more. And partly it was because I didn't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. I'd never played Star Tropics before, and I didn't really know a ton about it. So it was fun to be in the world and like see like the clever references. I mean, not even clever, just the very blatant references <laughs> to America. Right. Uh, Americola. <laughs> um, but, or, and to see like they're trying to appeal to Westerners. Yeah. Like very blatantly. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, like the first part of the game up to, I want to say maybe like chapter four, I was super into and i think part of it was just like my own mentality on the game changed yeah. and so i became a little more frustrated by some of the clunkier mechanics mm -hmm. overall i think it's a super fun game i'm kind of interested in playing uh zoda's revenge were when we talked about it before were you saying it's mechanically better but not as much fun uh that is my recollection of it i've never actually beaten zoda's revenge um I, I think it, I, we've talked about this that it came really late in the NES's life cycle, so I don't have quite as much um, goodwill built up from you know playing it as an eight-year-old um, as I do original Star Tropics. Um, but yeah, the it is mechanically cleaned up. Instead of Mike moving on, you know, always one one full square at a time and only ever north, south, east, or west, he can move diagonally and he can move you know like fractions of squares at a time. So you feel like you have a lot more control over him. Yeah, so I think that would be interesting to me. Um, but I don't. But from what I've seen online, it sounds like the game surrounding it is not as interesting or fun. Yeah, like the world and you know, like all that kind of stuff isn't as fun. Well, it's not as consistent. I I, I think we've mentioned this before too, but it's a time travel game. Um, so you spend some time in like the Ice Age. You spend some time, uh, you know, in like ancient Egypt and so on. Um, there's like a Jack the Ripper uh, and Sherlock Holmes uh, section of the game, um, which is cool. But one of the things that's nice about Star Tropics is that, you know, unlike all other video games, it picks a setting and sticks to it. You know, like you are in you are on these tropical islands. Um, you never go to a lava level and a desert level. You know? So having not played Star Tropics 2, it sounds to me that it's kind of like a Bioshock Bioshock 2 experience yeah would, where yeah. you know like the bioshock one the original bioshock maybe had more could you imagine if that was its name bioshock one colon the original the bioshock, original bioshock. <laughs> uh 
Sounds to me like Bioshock 1 calling the original Bioshock. Or not sounds to me. Oh, man. I played Bioshock. That's right. It's a great game. Uh-huh. But mechanically, it's not as refined as Bioshock 2. Whereas Bioshock 2, I feel like the story and the atmosphere wasn't as interesting. And maybe that was because we had seen it a lot of it before. I also thought it was just like more muddled storytelling. Yes. Um, and But mechanically, it's so much better. And it sounds like it's a, possibly a similar thing with Star Tropics. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that is it. Um, I don't know. I th- I think it would be hard for there to be a so late in the NES life cycle. Um, you know what I mean? Like, it, it would be weird for a game to come out of that era as an amazing gameplay experience, just a total package. Um, so like, it, it's not surprising that um, it doesn't grab people, and it didn't grab me as much um, either. How about you? What have you been playing, Patrick? Uh, so I've been playing a little bit of Fire Emblem Heroes. Um, I, I gave up. You gave up completely. Um, it's, it's still just, you know, I'll, I'll play for half an hour here, um, half an hour there. Um, it's not quite as, like, pick up and put down as, as I want it to be. Like, I, I was content when I was playing uh, Super Mario Run to pick it up and do one thing of Toad Rally gain or lose some toads and then put it down again um and fire emblem like if i do one of those i'm like yeah i don't i don't really feel like i did anything um so yeah i don't don't know how much longer i'm gonna play it either um but so i've been playing a little bit of that uh and i started playing the legend of zelda oracle of seasons uh, because I downloaded both it and Oracle of Ages is the other one, um, on my 3DS. I don't even remember when months ago, and have have not played them at all. Um, and uh, my laundry machines were broken over the weekend, so I went to the laundromat, and I was like, I need something to do while I'm at the laundromat, and so I played uh, Oracle of Seasons, uh, which is fun. Um, it's uh, I I think I had played one of these games when they came out. Um. But it's amazing to me how it how much it's basically like Link's Awakening with just like different items and in a different place with different characters. These are developed by Capcom, right? That's right. Yeah. Um, and I, I know if you um, complete both of these games, there's like another dungeon that you can uh, play or maybe a set of dungeons. I'm not exactly sure what it is. Um, so I don't know. I, I feel like that's a nice like l- slow burn long term goal that I can have. Um, uh, you know, I, I got through the first dungeon in Oracle of Seasons, and uh, the dungeons seem of manageable size, um, and, I don't know, the game is cute and quirky, and, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far, I look forward to getting back to it. And for both of us, the oh, nightmare yeah. is over. Yes, the nightmare, which we had to fight twice! Metroid Other M is done! We will be talking to you about it for the last time, period, on Thursday. Uh, so you can look forward to that episode. Mark, what did we think of uh, the end of Metroid Other M? Oof. Oof is right. Uh, well, great. Uh, Mark, let's get into the news. Switch players will have access to a Splatoon 2 test fire event from March 24th to March 26th. Uh, yay for something cool to do with the, the Switch in the first month, right? Yeah. Um, so you didn't have a Wii, you. 
Um, so you had had not experienced a Splatoon test fire before, right? That's right. Um, I have gotten involved in Splatoon test fire. Um, it's just is it just a beta? Is that yeah? It's, yeah. It's uh, but it's clearly Nintendo doing like stress testing for it because it's only available for an hour at a time. Um, and we have those dates and times. We'll actually let's just go through them now. Um, so all these times are uh, Pacific time. I feel like we should just have people Google it if they're interested. All right, fine. Look it up. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It just seems like... No, that's fine. <laughs> However <laughs> Mark wants to do it. Well, do you think somebody's going to like take a pencil and pen yeah. and write all yeah. these down? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> noon 8, 4 a.m., noon 8, 4 a.m. is how it works. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's fun. Uh, uh, there, there's something very exciting about like people hopping on and having one hour of Splatoon, um, and then like Twitter just sort of blowing up with people talking about it. Um, it, it was it was a cool experience last time. I think it's going to be even more exciting this time. Definitely, because before when they did the test fire, the game hadn't come out yet, right? That's right. Yeah, there there was no Splatoon out in the world, um, and so that was like our, our first taste of it. Um, but now you have like a real community around it. There's a real community, and I think people that like are going to have the Switch, and I mean, at at this point, by the 24th, like maybe you finished Zelda, like three weeks, maybe you finished Zelda, and even if you haven't, you've been playing Zelda for three weeks. Um, it's so it's like something to do with, something to do with it, um, and something cool that you can't do anywhere else. Um, so yeah, I I think it's gonna be fun. I'm excited to see like how the game is different. Um, I'm excited to see what maps uh, they they let you play. And um, do you think you'll be able to test local mi- multiplayer during this time, or is it strictly it'll just strictly be the online? Stuff, I would right? guess it would just be the online. Yeah, the um, and it'll just be one game mode, and there won't be any like customization features. Like it's it's basically just how to to get people in and play a match, match you up with three other people and play against another team of four as quickly as possible. Um, so. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about this, and I'm gonna try to get it on. Um, um, it'll I'll probably get on twice during this time, if I can. Um, are you gonna are you gonna hop on it? Yeah, I think I will check it out. Uh, I've only played a little bit of Splatoon because mm-hmm. I didn't own a Wii U, and it's fun. Um, but I'm excited to obviously this won't be the opportunity, but I'm excited to like do more of it. Yeah, and this will just be fun to jump in and try a few matches and see how it works on the wii u yeah and not on the wii u but on the switch right <laughs> Wait, bioshock the, one right the original, the original bio, colon, colon the, the original, original bioshock. bioshock and splatoon 2 for the wii u not on the wii u the switch exactly okay <laughs> uh there's a new netflix animated series written by warren ellis that's based on the castlevania game series and the first part of it will be released sometime in 2017. Uh, so that's kind of weird, right? So the first thing I, when I saw this was just like, Ugh, oh, brother, I hope it's not grimdark. Right. The second thing I saw was that it was written by Warren Ellis, who I'm a big fan of. Right. So I was like, oh, He's this a great is writer. really interesting. Writes a lot of comics that we like. Big Castlevania fan, apparently. Evidently. Third thing I saw was that it's being produced by the guy who directed that like um, Power Rangers short film. That like power slash ranger, yeah, yeah, and uh, who really wants to make a 
um, I don't even know what you'd call it, like, adult version of Power Rangers. You know, like, wants to make, like, a dark and gritty Power Rangers. Sure. No. Go, go, Power Rangers. Go, go, <laughs> Power <laughs> Uh, yeah, sounds dumb. Yeah, so he's the producer on this Castlevania series, and his quote is like, "How are it's like going to be R-rated as a word we don't say on this podcast that begins with an F, and this is going to be the best effing video game adaptation we've had to date." Rawr! You just hear the electric guitars in the background, <laughs> and like, <laughs> yeah, and that that is a huge like I'm or I, I think it was also compared to like Game of Thrones and. That's a bridge that's pretty far for me. Oh yeah, I'm willing to check it out, but at this because I'd like Warren Ellis. If Warren Ellis was not involved, I would not come anywhere near this garbage can. Yeah, I mean, I think Warren Ellis is enough to convince me that there might be like even if it is all like super tough, dark, whatever, um, that he's gonna put some like intelligence or like some real substance behind all that idiot posturing. Um, but also, like, that kind of idiot posturing is at least kind of consistent with what Castlevania is, right? Like, it's a monster mashup vampire slayer. I would say the, well, sight unseen, because again, Warren Ellis, so I'm giving it a lot of leeway. Right. But sight unseen, this sounds like it doesn't have much of a sense of humor about itself. And I would mm. say originally Castlevania, mm. I mean, it had, like, Frankenstein's monster with Whose name is, of course, Frankenstein. <laughs> With Dracula. You know, I mean, like, I yeah, think it true. had, it was more a, like a genre send up initially. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, now who even knows what Castlevania is? Well, I mean, I think Castlevania is one of those series that disappeared up its own butt by, like, trying to craft a consistent narrative of like here are the uh the belmont family yeah it's a big old bag of who cares yeah big old bag of look if you want to if you want to name dracula's son dracula backwards which is what alucard is is just dracula backwards fine you can do that but it's stupid <laughs> so i don't know we'll we'll see we should we will I mean, we'll definitely check it out oh yeah i mean it also sounds like it is um a weird it's like a mini series, right? Yeah, or it sounds it's not totally like, clear to me what it. Is. It sounds like they are. Uh, so I think like season is like a contractual term. Yes, right. And so I think they're going to be releasing this first season in parts, in multiple parts. Yeah, and at least the first one is going to be released in 2017. It's like uh the Get Down that hip hop yeah, yeah. that came out last year. Mm-hmm. It was season one, part one. And season oh. one, part two has yet to be released. I see. Um, Netflix but, is changing the game. Oh, also, it's... Oh, I did say animated. It's an animated series. Yeah. So it'll also be like, what does this look like? Right? Is it going to be anime-influenced? Is it going to be... I'm. Like, have you watched any of the um, like Netflix anime stuff, like the Voltron? Or... No, I don't I haven't. like the way it looks. Um, uh, Yeah. I mean, I feel like as with any... Uh, animated stuff it uh really just depends on like the style behind it mm-hmm. you know in the studio and honestly like the budget that they're given right i don't know that we've seen anything from you know like i think the only thing we know about it came from an earnings call or something yeah yeah and then people tweeting about it afterwards 
And then so. this guy swearing a lot about that. <laughs> this, this show about that how making awesome it's going to be. So cool. Castlevania. So what appears to be a complete system, complete like system documentation from uh, a Switch dev kit from July 2016 appeared online. I think it leaked on Reddit and then quickly spread through the internet. And a few people have come forward saying it's a- accurate. It, there doesn't appear... The most interesting thing in there to me was the um there were lots of like slides with the UI. Oh, okay. In it. So it gave you and it it looks very clean. I mean, it basically looks like what we have what we've seen what with like we've seen. large tiles. Yeah, like yeah. tiles seem to uh play a really big part in it. Um there's a lot of technical specifications that mean nothing to me. Right. So you can and uh, from the reaction that I'm gathering online, it pretty much seems, or gathering online, it seems pretty much in line with what we were yeah. hearing before, what we were expecting. There, like there wasn't any bombshell in there. No big surprises. No big surprises. Um, but if you are more technically knowledgeable than me, and you haven't seen it, it might be worth googling. Right. And what's the likelihood that someone is more technically knowledgeable than you? Um. Oh, geez. I mean, sp- about this specifically? In, just in general. Oh, pretty high. Pretty high, like 70%. I mean, I'm kind of an idiot. Uh, but there are a lot of old people, too. So. <laughs> Great point. <laughs> Great point. Yeah, if you need like a Wi-Fi password typed in, hit me up. Oh, yeah. Mark can do it. <laughs> um, Game Explain released an almost 90-minute uh, YouTube video. It's uh, analyzing Super Mario Odyssey footage. Um, okay, so you, you mentioned this to me before we started recording. Is it just the footage from the like the, the Switch event? So they supplement it with like screenshots and things that have been released afterwards. But okay. yeah, primarily it is. And when I, and I'm not familiar with Game Explain, but I saw this being shared around online. And when I saw that it was 90 minutes, I thought it was a joke. I was like, oh, this is going to be garbage. Um, Game Explain does some pretty good like long video. I checked it out. It's yeah. like I haven't I haven't finished it yet. I'm maybe like thirty or to forty minutes in, but it's really actually really interesting. Uh, what what did what did you learn? So about I mean, it's Mario basically they. Uh, I don't even know that I necessarily learned anything. Again, like groundbreaking or earth shattering, uh-huh. but they just um noticed a lot of the details in the world that I had never really paid attention to yeah. and like tied it all together and then made some uh guesses about how like the mechanics might work like uh the part that I was watching was like New Donk City mm-hmm. and they talked about how like uh the donk probably is related to Donkey Kong because there's so much Donkey Kong reference mm-hmm. in the world and then how there's like a, a sign that says like Dixie Street yeah, there's or like, something like that. I mean, uh, I think Dixie, Trixie, Diddy, like all of them are. Um, who's who's the candy? I think is also candy referenced. Kong. Like there's a lot of like right. Kong's referenced. Also, um, some Nintendo developer confirmed that uh, Pol- Polina, Polina, whatever, however you say her name, the uh, uh, the mistress, mistress. That's not right. Jeez. <laughs> uh, the woman that Mario is trying to save uh-huh. in Donkey Kong and has appeared in other Nintendo games since then is a resident of New Donk City. Okay. Oh, so then there you go. So that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then they also showed how uh, the it's like raised the part that we see Mario running around on mm-hmm. is like 
appears to be floating like it's off the ground in the clouds and there's it's actually a smaller just like square and the streets just like end so it appears to be some sort of like, like there's a reason why island. it's like floating and uh just like things i didn't notice like the the tanks that are firing uh, at mario like they're wearing like party hats and so it seems to be related to bowser and peach's wedding oh yeah cool. and just and things like oh the uh the hat shops the doors being open on like this one building during the day but are closed at night just like things like that where you're like oh we actually know a little bit or can surmise more about this game than i had noticed i i've really been enjoying it again i'm only like halfway through so they just barely started talking about the uh um like dia de las mortes section yeah 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 um yeah that's interesting i i don't think i noticed that there's a day night cycle in this and I, is there a... I don't a, know if it's a cycle or if it's one of those things like when you come back oh, sure, to it, it's like right. night one time. Or like and, you can hit a switch and it goes from day to night or something. Right, because we do know from interviews that it's going to be like Super Mario 64 and Super Mario Galaxy where, you know, you you visit the same open areas mm-hmm. multiple times to do different objectives instead of having mm-hmm. to be linear. So it's possible you come back one time and it's night, you know. Yeah. I always like that about uh 64 that like... Uh, you would go into a level, and depending on which objective you picked, the level changed like just a little bit. Um, yeah, sometimes there would be a floating island in the sky, or you know, whatever. Um, and yeah, that's cool to think that that could be one of those things that changes. It's like, oh, and now it's nighttime, which means the hat shop is closed, or whatever. <laughs> um, in an interview with Game Informer, Shigeru Miyamoto said that Link's last name is Link. So there we so go. So is he Link Link or is it just like a Madonna situation where his name is just Link? No, I think it's Link Link. <laughs> I like how they just like mess with us. Yeah, they just say things. <laughs> yeah, because It'd it's be like, like who, who cares? Who's Bowser Jr.'s mother? Uh, Shigeru Miyamoto. <laughs> Do you remember that? A couple, <laughs> yeah. like maybe a year or so ago, he claimed that he was Bowser Jr.'s mother. Yeah, I, I love it because it's just like, because um, it, it's not like mean. Right. But the real answer is who cares? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it's just a playful way to be like, I don't know. We've never thought about it because we don't think about this stuff. It's like right now there's some videos being like, uh, Aonuma is like teasing where where Breath of the Wild is placed in the Zelda timeline, right? Right. And it's just like the greater answer is they don't care. Right. The the greater answer is they're borrowing elements from all of these games because that's what we like. We like to see. That's how we know it's a Zelda, right? Um, and where it exists in a timeline, like, come on. They already split the timeline in three. The timeline's totally arbitrary. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's totally purely arbitrary. because people were trying to, like, figure it out. And so, right, they were just kind of like, all right. Pushing up their glasses and trying to figure it out. I push up my glasses all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, you're a total nerd. I'm a total nerd. No, but also I do, my glasses slide down my face. I push them up <laughs> a lot, probably too much. Um, the uh, one thing that I thought was um, interesting to note about this is when they were working on the original Zelda, they were referring to Link as Adventure Mario. So perhaps Link Link is an upgrade from Adventure Mario. Link Adventure Mario Link. Do you think Link, that's his full name? Link colon Adventure Mario dash Link. The Link colon. The Link one. Yes. Colon. colon. <laughs> Adventure Mario Link. Link. That's his full name. Mark, do we have any new releases this week? Yes. (laughs) 
February 16th, which is Thursday, Tank Troopers comes out on 3DS. It's a Nintendo game. Um, yeah, I saw you watching the trailer before we started recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, Six-person tank battles. Uh, and it has download play. Basically, there are different tanks and different like tank drivers, the troops, troopers. Mm-hmm. and they Recruits? <laughs> no, no, they are actually called oh, troopers. Okay. Okay. I can confirm. <laughs> all right, good. And, uh, you know, they all have different like style and ability. And so it's not all just like trying to blow each other up. One of the tanks has, you know, like um, uh, paintballs so you can block the screen of other people oh so it like you're actually driving the tank i was imagining like a uh like a board game kind of like oh no no so you're driving the tank yeah it seems to be that uh you're kind of just maneuvering around in first person on this on like the battlefield and other people are maneuvering around as well and you're trying to take out they can be up to six people so yeah uh do we know if that's a full like retail release or I don't actually know what the price on okay. it is. Um, I'm going to hazard a guess. Let's do it, man. <laughs> and say Let's live tw- our lives. And say 20 bucks. Um, all right. Well, cool. Uh, nothing, nothing really else of note uh, coming out this week. We are still, we're heading into, you know, switch time. It's two weeks away, two and a half weeks away. So uh, it's not really a surprise that we don't have any new releases, right? Yeah. Um. In fact, it's almost a little bit weird that there's anything coming out. Like, why, why would you want to put out a game right now, knowing that people like you and I are tenting our fingers and tapping them arrhythmically, waiting, waiting for the Switch? I know you've been trying to, like, buy time, but I genuinely can't find the price. That's so. okay. <laughs> That's okay. I was doing a really bad, really bad job of buying time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get out of the news. Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's 4.33. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 4.33, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. For the duration of one performance of 4.33, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Today we are talking about Valentine's Day... Uh, because it is Valentine's Day at the time that you are listening to this, because, of course, <laughs> you download the episode uh, the day it comes out, you listen to it, you rate of course. Us, subscribe, of sh- course. share with your friends. Um, so, um, Mark, do you have any great Valentine's Day memories? No. Or crummy ones? No. No? Is Valentine's Day a, a holiday you opt out of? No, I, I uh, depending on my life situation... Will <laughs> yeah. participate in Valentine's Day. I don't know. I feel like uh, Valentine's Day for me has always been like St. Patrick's Day or like Arbor Day, where you can celebrate it if you want to. But if you how do you celebrate but- <laughs> Arbor Day <laughs> by planting a tree, you monster? Uh, what? <laughs> what do you do for the other twenty three hours and forty five minutes? Nothing. You're done. Oh, okay. You're, you've celebrated. You've, you've fulfilled the Arbor Day contract <laughs> because if you're going to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Right? That's like your whole afternoon slash evening. Well, only if you imbibe. Yeah, I mean, well, how else do you celebrate St. Patrick's Day? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, well, I don't know, I don't know either. <laughs> but what I... <laughs> Sorry, so you're, you're saying that <laughs> I mean, is, my point is only that, like... It's I feel a day like, on the like calendar. I feel like it's, like, harmless. Sure. Right? Like, if you... <laughs> yeah, if you have 
you know, like, uh, if you want to celebrate Valentine's Day, you totally can. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, it's not like you're missing out on some great social experience. Um, do you remember Valentine's Days as a kid, like having to make um, Valentine's for everyone in the class? Yeah, I mean, I never, I don't think I ever made Valentine's. I think we always... Yeah, I guess that, that you bought a pack of Spider-Man Valentine's and wrote all I, of your... I don't even think I, I... Yeah, like something like that. Like, normally we would just get I Love Nerds, the mm-hmm. uh, candy. The people are disgusting, but... Hey! <laughs> <laughs> what? You called me a nerd like 12 minutes ago. Oh, did I? Yeah, all right. Uh, <laughs> um, We would just get, like, the candies, and they have a to from on them. And I just feel I would just put that in. I don't remember getting. Uh, I mean, I remember making the boxes more than anything. Right, the mailboxes. Mm-hmm. It's a good way for like a second grade teacher to waste a couple hours. Yeah, right, to kill a whole day on Valentine's Day. Well, maybe that's that's just what I'm thinking of is like the thing that takes a lot of time. Um, because like going out for Valentine's Day is uh, dumb, right? Like, first of all, it's a Tuesday this year. So, like, Tuesday. <laughs> we sound so old. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, like, do young people do, like... Oh, we do sound old. <laughs> so, I remember when, when I was young, when I was in high school, um, the uh, girl that I was interested in dating... Uh, we had like a, a, a thing going towards the end of January and I was like, I'm going to wait to like actually ask her out until Valentine's Day. Right. Cause I don't know. <laughs> I, w- I was into like the formal structure of like, now which is Valentine's Day. Um, and I dated her for like on and off for like four years. So like Valentine's Day for us was like, that was like a an anniversary as well um so when i was younger that was like valentine's day was a a bigger deal for me um and now i'm like oh that love doesn't exist anymore (laughs) so forget valentine's day that belonged to a different version of me and a different relationship so you are you have an antagonistic relationship with valentine is what i'm picking up right now i mean it's not so much antagonistic as it is uh apathetic is, it, I, is, I, is Valentine's Day like, okay, so I will occasionally listen to an, like an album or a song or something that takes me to a very specific time in my life. Mm-hmm. Is Valentine's Day that for you? We'll never know. I guess we'll, we will never know what Valentine's Day is for me. Uh, today we were accompanied by the Austin Civic Orchestra. So thank you, Austin Civic Orchestra. Mark, are you ready to go into our topic of the week? Let's do it. Let's do it. Our transition music isn't quite as uh, like tough as we were making it out to be. Mark, what are we talking about today? <laughs> uh, we're talking about, with one, two, switch on the horizon, mm-hmm. we're talking about how we got here. Yeah. Right? Like, one, two, switch is, I would say, Bizarre. in like a loose series of games uh-huh. that Nintendo has done where they're like mini game system sellers or just mini game collections. Right. And with for a lot of these things they are um they're mini games based around uh whatever the hardware can do that is unique or has like some sort of special input. That's not always the case for these things. Um I feel like that's what it became later. Sure. But the the first series that we have on here 
to talk about is Mario Party. Yeah, well, and I would even argue that Mario Party um, fits into that uh, uh, that tradition nicely, like um, because of the analog stick on the yeah, N64 controller. Yeah. So there were a lot of so the the way Mario Party works. If you've never played a Mario Party, it's uh, it's like a board game where uh, you and your friends all have little pieces. You move around the board, and at the end of every round, you play a mini game, a random mini game against each other. Whoever wins gets a star or something. Um, and, you know, a lot of these games are like, tap the button as quickly as you can. Or in the case of the analog stick, which, you know, remember was new on the Nintendo 64, it was rotated as, as fast as you can. And um, the, one, of the th- one of the problems with the original Mario Party was that it was injuring people because they're playing it too hard or too fast. Did you ever do this, Mark, where you would put your palm on the stick and just like spin it around? Because you can you can get it going faster <laughs> if you're pressing your palm into the uh, face of the controller than if you're doing it with your thumb. Because um, I guess like wrists are faster than thumbs. Um, but like you could wear through the skin in your like I've played this game with people who end up bleeding from the palm. Wow. Yeah. Um, and are you sure they weren't just getting stigmata? They were just look if they were getting the stigmata, the wounds would have been in their wrists. Great point. Yep. Great point. Right. And although one time one of my friends did have the uh, the wound of the spear, the one in his side that killed him from playing Mario Party. Yeah. I mean, no, it was the stigmata. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, so that's they actually toned that down from Mario Party 1 to Mario Party 2. There was not a return of just rotating the analog stick around. But so that's one of the uh and and Mario Party just in it existed in the first place because the Nintendo 64 had four controller ports. Is the first system to do that. Um and was so therefore was the first uh home console that let you play with four people at one time. So I feel like these kinds of experiments or minigame collections uh are very hardware specific um and maybe that's less true of some of like the game boy games we'll discuss later but um hardware and minigame collections seem to be pretty closely married and it makes sense right because nintendo especially in yeah i mean nintendo more than any other video game company has opted for interesting unique or new input methods yeah Right. And so, um, yeah, I mean, everyone else kind of saw the Super Nintendo controller and has been making incremental improvements to it <laughs> for 30 years. And it, and now we kind of um, expect, you know, when when Switch was announced, we even talked about it. We're like, oh, what is the minigame collection going to be? And we're, we're almost like callous about it. Where it's just yeah. like, ugh. But it actually well, we we called it like what's the Wii Sports going to be, right? Right. And it's it's easy now to be callous about Wii Sports. But it actually it makes a lot of sense from a business perspective to be like hey, here's a game that shows off this unique input system or this unique whatever yeah. that our company came up with. That's it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it just yeah. it makes a lot of sense, even though we're we take it for granted. Well, and especially because like you have to think that a lot of these like little mini games are being developed just as like proof of concept uh, internally, and that a lot of other studios, a lot of other publishers are never going to show us these things, right? That they're um, a a game from Mario Party Four is just going would have just died somewhere in um a de- on a developer station because 
there's no real marketable way to put that out into the world. But if you package it with, you know, a, a coat of Mario paint, not Mario paint, but <laughs> paint like Mario, um, and uh, and you bu- uh, bundle it with, yes, you know, like 25 other tech demos, basically. Right. Um, then it becomes a, a complete package. So, um, Mark, do you have... Uh, let's just talk about Mario Party and, like, if it uh, means... If the series means anything to you uh, or, like, our experiences with Mario Party. I never played a lot of Mario Party. The one, actually, that I played the most of was... I think it was 8 on Wii. And... Uh, Think, yeah, so he, the, the breakdown here is the first three games, first three Mario Party games were on Nintendo 64, uh, 4, 5, 6, and 7 were on GameCube, 8 and 9 were on Wii, and 10 was on Wii U. So first of all, that's 10 mainline Mario Party games. Yeah, that's not counting the, any of the handheld spinoffs. Right, right. There are Not even really spinoffs, just like handheld uh, games. Other games, yeah. yeah there are another f- six, six uh, portable Mario Party games. Um, but so you said you played the the Wii one? Yeah, I think it was eight because eight. if I and uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was basically it was one of those games that kind of came from the GameCube and was put on Wii. Oh, so sure. I think it wasn't even in like widescreen. I think it, it did like the WarioWare Shake It, where it had the um oh yeah like some kind of graphics graphics on the side. On the yeah. side. Uh, and I think it's. It sold incredibly well because it was on the Wii and it was mm-hmm. a like a uh, party game, mini game collection type thing. But I think it's resoundingly um, considered one of the worst. Yeah, oh, I mean, I, I think um, conventional wisdom says that one of the first three Mario Party games on Nintendo sixty four are is, is the best one. Um, I, I think people hold two in in the highest regard. Um, I played the first one as previously mentioned saw people get the stigmata playing <laughs> playing it um but then i don't think i've played another one since um it's a little bit of a you've done it once and you don't really need to re revisit it did you enjoy your time with eight or yeah i thought yeah. it was fun i had played like we rented Mar- when i was younger mario party one of the Mario parties on the N64. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that time, I was not, I didn't really understand the idea of like spinoffs. So if it was like a Mario game, I was just kind of like, why oh, is sure. this a Mario game? Right. Why can't I run or <laughs> yeah. jump? <laughs> uh, and so I didn't enjoy it as much. And also I was playing it by myself. Oh, yeah. So that, it just wasn't yeah. like super fun. Um, but yeah, I had a lot of fun with eight. I do agree that it's probably one of those things where w- once you've played a Mario Party game, that you're not like, and now I need to pick up Mario Party nine. Yeah, well, and especially because it it seems like the Mario Party games have been getting more simple, um, and like the the games were never really competitive because like, um, it's it's got that sort of like everyone can win like rubber banding where like the game when you're behind you get extra lucky with what you roll or sometimes the game will just be like oh you're in last place you get 10 stars or whatever um so like if you if it's a game that like you're playing to win and not just playing to experience like that's why it's as a single player game it's it doesn't make any sense but if you're playing with four other people and they're going to be physically damaging their bodies to try to like play the game better it can actually be a really good time 
Um, it's uh, the the last two Mario Party games that have come out have been on the um, the 3DS. Maybe they, so they were two on the 3DS and one on the Wii U, um, and they're all like panned. Um, like I don't, none of them review well, and they all seem like uh, any of the board game or strategy elements are just like taken away in favor of just making you play mini games with your friends. Do you think it had anything to do with the change in developers? Uh, it, it's possible that like because so Hudson. Mm-hmm. Developed them initially through 2007, and then ND Cube is the current developer. Uh, yeah, I mean it's mm, through 2007, so just before the Wii. Is that what we're saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that that would make sense. And then, um, you know, you develop two Wii games, two casual Wii games, and then you got that gig for life because they sold tens of millions of copies. <laughs> yeah um that that could be it uh so mario party is just kind of like our the the like easy first reaction to be like this is uh nintendo doing collections of of mini games but there are actually a a a handful of series that do this same thing we mentioned um wii sports right there's this whole line of um basically me games that uh start taking advantage of um the Wii motion controls, the Wii balance board, and eventually the the Wii U gamepad, right? Um, so, I think I've, I think this list is complete. But uh, Wii Sports, Wii Sports Resort, Wii Play, Wii Fit, and Wii Fit Plus, and Nintendo Land, right? Yeah. Um. So we all have experiences with uh Wii Sports, right? Like everyone in the world has played Wii Sports. That's why Nintendo still exists is because we've all played Wii Sports. <laughs> um, and I feel like Wii Sports is one of the, like, well, well, tennis and bowling are both, like, good and fun and, like, are actual games that you can play. Um, the rest of that's kind of garbage, right? Well, Wii Sports is an interesting experience because you open it up with the promise of what or or in your head what you think Wii motion controls are going to be. Yes. And then the uh, because it comes packed in with the system, the first and you've seen it on the Today show and all this stuff. The right. first thing you put in is uh Wii Sports and you do tennis, you do bowling, you get to golf, you get to baseball, you get to boxing and you very quickly understand the limitations of the Wii motion controls because mm-hmm. the reason why um tennis and bowling works so well is because it, what it requires of the Wii mode is actually very limited right uh boxing is my favorite example of just like it just doesn't playable basically yeah. uh yeah it's i mean it, it really is um it's a very surface level experience like if you try to understand Wii sports on a deeper level like you're only going to be disappointed in it um and i think that's probably true of all of these me games right I did not mention uh, Wii Music. Oh, yeah. Um, but I've also never played it, so I don't know that I can offer any insight into... Yeah, I don't even know the structure of that game. Yeah, me neither. I just know that it... Did it even use the Motion Plus, or was it No, just... it was before the Motion Plus came out. Man, that's weird. <laughs> that is weird, Mark. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, do, I mean, do you have uh, any other insight into the, these kind of me games, or did you ever play Wii Fit or own a balance board? I never did. My parents did. Yeah. Do um, you know if they used it or? Is I it... think they did a little bit, mm-hmm. but they were not like like trained to turn on the Wii. You know, like in the yeah. sense that like, oh, they bought it and they thought it was interesting, but it never really became a integral part of their like life. Yeah. Because it was, you know, in a different part of the house and you'd have to like turn, you know, like it wasn't. Yep. Well, and the balance board is also like big enough that you have to like keep it somewhere. And, you know, for the for the most part, you're going to find an, a way to put it. And then it's just going to be there forever until you, you know, trick a GameStop into taking it with your old <laughs> Guitar Hero guitars. Um, but it, I mean, it's, it's, it's very interesting to me the way that um, all of these me games rely exclusively on the um like motion and balance controls that are were offered for the first time on the Wii. Um that you absolutely needed to play these things with motion controls or they wouldn't exist, right? Like even if there was a way to patch in non motion controls, it wouldn't they wouldn't make sense as as games. Yeah, they wouldn't really be enjoyable. Yeah. Um and the the Wii Wii Fit especially, because that was all about like tilt your body this way or tilt your body this way or don't let the penguin fall off the iceberg some of those games were pretty cool on Wii Fit Nintendo Land is an interesting one to me going back to that idea of showcasing the system capabilities Mm -hmm. where there's only two games I think in Nintendo Land that are any fun it's uh Roast That Ghost right like the Luigi's Luigi's Mansion Mansion one. one And the one, like, Mario Chase, I don't know what it's really called, but, like, where you, like, one person is, has the tablet and is trying to run away uh-huh. from, uh, like, four other people who are trying to catch them in this obstacle course. Yeah. And that one's really fun as well. And it, like, shows off the asynchronous, mm-hmm. uh, like, two-screen experience, like, really well. Um, and then no other game ever was like managed to right. find a fun or interesting way to really use that mechanic, including a Nintendo land, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's tough. And the, the, the weird thing about um, Nintendo land is that it's sort of a, um, it's almost like a, one of these me games meets uh, Mario party or smash almost. Cause they use all of like the Nintendo IP in an interesting way. Um, which is not something that you see in the rest of them, right? Like, um, Wii Sports Resort might have been more fun if, like, you could, you know, do a long race against Waluigi or something. Yeah, right? if it was on, like, Island Delfino or something. Yeah, or if you're playing baseball and Birdo's the pitcher, you know, like, that could be fun. Um, but they never really did that, except Nintendo Land is all, um, like, those Nintendo ideas, those Nintendo characters. Um, mixed in with the Miis. Um, I wonder why they... I mean, maybe they were just like, no, no, no. Your, your mom just wants to see the Mii. She doesn't, she doesn't want to be like, who's this fat, weird Mario-looking guy <laughs> with a W on his hat? Yeah. It's Wario. He's my favorite. Wario's your favorite? I think so. Not Waluigi? I mean, I, mean, I relate more to Waluigi. <laughs> Wait, you re- relate more to Waluigi? Absolutely. But Wario- I basically, like, physically, I am Waluigi. I've often said this about you. <laughs> Your mustache is enormous, and it has these jagged edges. 
carefully cultivated. <laughs> carefully. Um, I think that's a, a pretty good segue into the next series on our list, right? Um, which is the WarioWare series of games. Yeah, so this, this is a little... Like, WarioWare is a little different because up to this point, it had been... Um, like, well... No, I guess not really, because Mario Party is shorter mini games. But these are like these are super mini, right? Itty bitty. I mean, they they are even marketed as micro games. The original uh, WarioWare on the Game Boy Advance is called WarioWare Incorporated Micro or Mega Micro Games, and the S in that is a dollar sign, and then there's an exclamation point. <laughs> um, so. Where I think One Two Switch is uh, t- probably ends up taking some cues from WarioWare is just in how weird it is. Um, WarioWare, you know, it, it'll make you play a game for five seconds, right? The first two seconds is just like orienting you in the spaces so you know what you're looking at, and then you have to do something in three seconds. Um, and so the aesthetics of the game are just insane. You know, the, there will be games where it's like, pick this nose or uh, shave this bit of a person's face or like smash this bug um, or throw a rock through this lady's window or whatever. Um, and from what we've seen of 1-2-Switch where it's like, put the baby to bed or uh, milk the cow, <laughs> um, they're, they're all very, very strange. Um, so I, I, I think that's where um, we're going to see a lot of that DNA is just in the weird choices. Um, but, you know, like, like we were saying, they are like definitely micro games, right? That they come super fast. Uh, and a, a lot of just like sitting down to play is sort of a, a barrage of um, these micro games. Um, Mark, do you, uh, is there a Wario Land or WarioWare game that you uh, got some time in on? The first one I played was Touched. Mm-hmm. the ds one and mm-hmm. i feel like this is another example where it's generally not considered to be a great yeah. WarioWare game but it was my first one and i liked it mm-hmm. um the one i've put the most time into and the one i had the most fun playing because i could play with other people was smooth moves oh on the yeah Wii. i loved smooth moves um and again i don't know if it's a well-regarded game or even a I good think game. it is i think it's considered one of the best WarioWare games uh i i isn't um is it Twisted, the the one on, on GBA? That I think has, that one is considered the best. Uh, so it's it's got an accelerometer in the cartridge, um, which is awesome, uh, that they were doing motion control on the Game Boy Advance. Nintendo, what you doing, girl? <laughs> uh, yeah, but so again, this is um, taking advantage of the very specific uh, hardware that was... I mean, in in one of these cases, included in the cartridge, right? Um, that they had this accelerometer in there. Just the overall aesthetics of WarioWare, especially smooth moves, mm-hmm. I find delightful. Me too. And so I, I actually think that this is somewhere uh, where One Two Switch is going to fall kind of sh- a little bit short. Um, that the WarioWare series has such interesting, colorful, fun characters in it uh, that. Like I, I can I can enjoy watching the game because like I like seeing the characters and they're funny and they're cute. Um and like I see Nine Volt and I'm like, oh nine volt there. I see like the the weird little um there's like a witch in there. I don't know, they're characters that I like and I, that I like seeing and it looks like that's not part of one two switch. I mean switch is 
they straight up tell you like you can ignore the screen yeah it was super weird <laughs> uh it's very much just like a party game honestly i prefer that to the me aesthetic which mm-hmm. i have never enjoyed right yeah the, the me aesthetic is too simple and ugly yeah like kind of hideous yeah yep yep and uh it's like what are those toys that um they're like they've got a round bottom and like you can push them and they like kind of wobble around. weebles wobble but they don't fall down weebles wobble but they don't fall down that's not the full name I weebles, think wobble, weebles. weebles wobble one colon <laughs> but they don't fall down parentheses adventure mario <laughs> close parentheses uh the reckoning the re- <laughs> well that's the sequel <laughs> It still is number one. Uh, the yes. So, what what was your point that they were moving away from that uh, from the yeah, me aesthetic? I, well, I, you're. Uh, I'm just saying that anything to me is better than the me aesthetic, including no aesthetic, which is what one two switch <laughs> seems to be aiming for. Yeah, it it does make me wish that they would have some of that uh, WarioWare aesthetic. It's just so colorful and fun, um, and. I don't know, in, in a game where you have three seconds to accomplish something, um, it, it's amazing what just like some colors and like some splashes of what appear to be ink can really guide you in that. Have you ever, have you played any of the Rhythm Heaven games? I have not. They're super fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they also have a really fun, unique aesthetic. Yeah. They, did they, it's very like anime-y. Or, or uh, slightly anime. Some of it is like uh, they. There are different. Um, some of it's more like bizarre. Mm-hmm. Like there's just like these weird, like crudely drawn children type things that awesome. will like sing. You know, like it's very. Uh, it's kind of scattered. Yeah, but it has its own unique aesthetic. Um. Yeah, and I agree. I think I wish One Two Switch had a little more style, for lack of a better term. Yeah, and you know maybe we'll see a little bit more uh, style when like it actually comes out and see what the real the whole package is. But you know it it should be noted that they are it's specifically made to be played without uh, looking at the screen, which again I I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around. I mean I like that idea. I like the mm-hmm. idea of it just being a party game, right? Especially because the Switch is so portable. Yeah, just the idea that like. Oh, hey, everybody like can come watch us and we can all play this game and what's happening on the screen isn't isn't very important. So it doesn't right. matter if you don't have a good view. It doesn't matter. We're not all trying to crowd around the seven inch screen. Right. We're just playing a game like with each other and the medium we're ha- we're doing it happens to be the software. Yeah. Yeah. I like that too. Um and I hope it ends up being as engaging and fun as like the good titles on this like it's it's weird right because we we've talked about three series now and have maybe identified like three or four games that we actually like in it the problem with these games is that they feel throwaway yeah right like they feel uh like even mario party Mm -hmm. feels just like uh it's a cash grab basically yeah. Right. Especially when you get into like Mario Party 14 and they're not super well regarded anymore. Yeah. And you're like, well, why do they keep making these? I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like any any new Mario Party game, any new WarioWare game could be great. Totally. 
like they all have the capacity to like be an amazing game um and we just won't know until they're out uh are there any i'm like i guess connect sports i'm trying to think of other companies who have done this same sort of thing and it feels like the only time they do it is when they put it out on the wii (laughs) or when they need like uh like a wii like a wii sports type thing again like when they're trying to show off their new right show off the new uh, yeah 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 and especially when there is so what what's the uh the psvr equivalent is there one Mm. i mean i know it comes with like a a disc of like sample software um but I don't, uh, I don't think they're unified by like a, you know, under a, a single umbrella. Yeah, I don't know. VR feels different to me because all of these are like, for the most part, games that you want to play with other people. You yeah. can play yeah, them by yourselves. Point. Great point. But and VR isn't really conducive for that. Right. VR is a very uh, solitary uh, experience. That's true. Um. But yeah, other than that, like connect connect sport a lot of connect games right there was like star wars connect is also very much like that um, was it a mini game collection yeah i mean it may have only been like five games or something but like there was a dance game in there was that actually all that it was was a dance game or was that a like a bonus thing part uh that was part of the Oh, rhythm or dance what what was the dance just game? dance no 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 it was uh a just dance equivalent for connect but like it did like full motion i can't remember what it's called now i think yeah Carmen i hear developed you. it i don't i don't know if it was its own if the star wars thing was its own game uh-huh. or if it was just like a fun thing they did for that we'll never know because this is we, not no. an xbox podcast right and and we'll never look it up <laughs> <laughs> don't care yep just don't care um where so here's one thing that i do think um nintendo minigame collection this is one series that i think we do need to acknowledge as like way better than the rest of these is uh nes remix uh volumes one and two and uh ultimate um remix collection whatever it's called on the 3ds um which takes just a couple seconds of gameplay from various uh old nes games and either just makes you perform them or makes you perform them within certain parameters, or remixes them entirely so that you're like, you know, Princess Peach running around Zelda Two or something. Um, I love these games. They're so good. They're so fun, and um, they're perfect to play like, you know, five minutes or like to just play an hour and like try to max out your scores on these things. Have you ever played one? No. What's the actual mechanic of the game? Like, do you open up the game and then? select like a challenge or a game you want to play or you know like how does it work so it opens up uh on there's like a a row of uh tv screens each one representing a different game in um a different nintendo game and then like just it's a kind of a drop down from there of like challenge here challenge here challenge here and as soon as you finish one um it'll you can just say like continue to move on to the next one and you're going for um you know, either doing it quickly or getting as as many points or coins or whatever as they're tr- like challenging you to do, and you get a star rating. And the whole thing is, um, you earn points to collect more stamps, and it all has this, um, 
I don't know, the, the audio cues in it are really good so that like as your points are going up, it's like blah, 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 and the, the, you hear that like little bit of like clapping. Are we talking like 30 second segments or like five minutes or? No, like closer to 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it will mix it up so that sometimes it'll be like uh, Super Mario Brothers uh, beat uh, World 1 or World 5-1. Um, and then the next one it'll be like, uh, you know, kill the Hammer Brother. You know, so it, the one will be like longer than another one. It'll just be like a single thing, and it'll be like ding, 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 and then you move on to the next one. Um, and just like the way it it shuffles up these um, challenges is really neat. And there there are the I forget they're called like either bonus or there there's something where they start really remixing stuff. And so there'll be like a series of challenges that are like six different challenges, one from six different games. You know, so it'll be like uh you know to defeat the moblin and you have to do that as link in the legend of zelda and then the next one is you know from clue clue land and then you have to do something from dr mario and then you have to it's really neat and like the the way the game trains you to um like play just a specific difficult part of a classic nintendo game is really fun um and i found myself like relying on some of that knowledge well uh playing the nintendo uh classic edition the nes classic edition being like oh i remember how to beat this boss from zelda 2 not just because i did it a million times when i was a child but because i learned how to do it in 14 seconds playing nes remix Um, that does sound really cool they're super fun and the 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 collection which has um both uh volume one and volume two is available on uh 3ds so it's not something that's going to be orphaned on the on the wii u uh, but I don't expect one two switch to be quite as uh addictive and and cool as that. And and again, this also isn't something that shows off the power of the hardware a- at all. I uh, mean, it's also uh, it's also, and I think you'd agree, like unfair to compare one two switch to it because it doesn't have the built in nostalgia, of course, not. of yeah. having like played these games a million times before as well. Yeah, well, and I I, th- I do think that uh, NES Remix does a good job of like knowing what's valuable about its nostalgia and not just like representing it, but presenting it in like a fun, fast way. Are there any games included that got like remixed in NES remix that you hadn't played and were like, oh, I should check this out? Sure. Um uh Ice Climbers I'd never played before. Um and it's Ice Climber, sorry. Um no Mark, don't don't hurt me. <laughs> I corrected myself. Mark <laughs> Uh, I'd never played Clue Clue Land before. I that didn't change my mind on it. I'm not like, oh, Clue Clue Land, cool. Um, I love that game. Clue Clue Land, man, game's so cool. Uh, it's the first time I'd ever uh really played um, like Punch Out in a meaningful way. Uh, I had messed with it as a kid, but um, like the game actually setting up being like counter this punch, you know, uh, dodge this punch and then counter it. Um. So uh, Punch-Out's probably the biggest example. Oh, also uh, Kid Icarus um, was one that I didn't really get into until uh, NES Remix was like, no, here here are the cool, here are the highlights of the game. Now go through and play it if you want to. That's cool. Yeah. Um, You have any other thoughts about uh, how we got to where we are with 1-2-Switch? Did we answer that question? How did we get here? I think think so. I think you can draw a direct through line from Mario Party Mm-hmm. to the me games through with a little detour in warioware 
and wrapping back down into the NES remix. And here we are at one two switch. One two switch. Cool. Mark, let's move out of the topic. Okay, so this is normally the part in the show where we would take a uh, reader's listener. But I got to get out of here. Oh, Mark's, Mark's got to get out of here. Um, so we are not going to read any questions. But uh, if you would like to pose some questions to us for future episodes, you can always send those to, nin- uh, what is our address? Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Um, and if you want to correct us on anything except about that uh connect star wars game we don't oh, want I, I, don't you dare i couldn't care less do not no send don't this information if you've already that. written that email out delete it don't even delete send it, it to draft delete it right and never send us an email right to the trash can uh, we're putting uh, spam filters in for the word star wars so don't mm-hmm. try to send us about the last jedi either too late man what a bummer <laughs> i really want to engage with those emails I mean, but our, hey, our star wars newsletter it. we're never going to get you did this <laughs> yes you did this <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Nincart Society or check out the Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. If you have a second, we would love for you to rate, review, and what's the other thing you can do? Subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, and you can check out other What's a Creative Podcast Network podcast. Good Lord. Uh, if you like Mark and Martin's opinions, uh, we write about comic books on retconpunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape at Betty. You can find more of Ape at Betty's music on apeatbetty.com or by listening right now. For Mark Mitchell, I'm Patrick Ellers saying this has been Nintendo Cartridge Society 1, the first Nintendo Cartridge Society, the vengeance scene. And thanks for listening. What's a creative podcast network?